0: Hey, welcome to Stay at Home Dads Podcast. This is a place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, as well as a lot of guy stuff. What you think about, I try to sit here and talk about. Anyways, I'm your host, Justin, here with you once again, so thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. Alright, I am in the throes of a nice little cold here, so this show may be a little shorter, depending on how my voice holds up and if we keep getting interrupted by my constant coughing. So hopefully that doesn't happen, though. But this is a sure indication that my kids are back in school. This is their second full week in school, and my whole house already has the back-to-school stuffy noses and hacking cough. So it is quite annoying. And yes, it is not COVID. And can we say COVID without getting flagged for something? I see it all over social media all the time that... People say the word COVID or vaccine, and they usually misspell it or blur it out for some reason, and I think it's to avoid some, some sort of uh, banner or disclaimer or something. But anyways, this back-to-school time is really great. Aside from the colds and the stuffy noses, my house is pin-drop quiet, seriously, nice and quiet, and I don't want to wish the days away or sound like I don't want to be around my children, but it is pretty nice having some separation and something a little more than just a couple hours a day. I haven't had that for three years now or over three years, so it's it's a nice change. Plus, it's good to get them listening to someone else. And I know I probably repeat myself all the time. I probably say this a lot, but you know that feeling when you try to guide your kids or quote unquote, you help them to do something or to fix something, figure something out, and all you get is pushback and complaints and arguing. Well, I don't think they do that a whole lot with teachers, so I don't know. This is uh, kind of an exciting time for me. My wife's probably going to want me to go back to work here eventually with all this free time, right? But that'll be for another day, another time. We'll get into that conversation. So anyways, today's main topic I wanted to talk about, and of course it's something that I saw on the news because I watch the news, shocker, I watch it every day, keeps me informed, you know, tells me what's going on in the world. Well, anyway, I was watching the Today Show, and they had a spot on there where they talked about something called quiet quitting. Have you ever heard the term quiet quitting? Well, if you haven't, I bet you thought the same thing that I did and figured that it meant that's what happens when someone decides to quit their job, but they don't formally resign or really tell anyone, they just quietly quit, and they disappear, and They're just gone and nobody knows what happened until someone contacts them or tries to find out where they are. Maybe they're still collecting a paycheck even and they've moved on to a new job. Who knows what all the details? Well, I don't want to burst your bubble, but that's 100% not what it means at all. And see, I blame that on TikTok because like everything else, it seems that's where this trend also started. That's where this name came from which quiet quitting would be a great name for what I just talked about. But actually what quiet quitting means is you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond for your job. You're no longer subscribing to that hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. And that's actually a quote from this kid named Zayd Khan, who started this viral trend on TikTok. And of course a Gen Z kid is going to have some very interesting name like Zayd. It seems pretty typical. But anyways... It just means not bending over backward for your employer anymore and just doing what you are paid to do. Having a better work-life balance and just like that old saying kind of goes, do you work to live or do you live to work? Which that's always kind of been the norm though, is that mentality. Do your job as well as doing extra work, do special projects, putting in that 110% to impress your supervisor, working late hours, working at home, getting stuff done, doing the work of more employees, saying yes to pretty much everything, that's kind of been the norm because it was conveyed that if you wanted to get ahead in the company or get that promotion or get that raise, that that's just what you had to do. And I think some of this or a lot of this reassessment of time has to do with what they call the the great resignation or what I call the great transition because it, necessarily wasn't people just leaving their jobs and going nowhere they were leaving their jobs for better jobs right and in episode 42 I actually go into a lot more detail about it but people realize their lack of a work-life balance or they realize how much effort they were putting in compared to what they were getting out of their jobs or maybe they just hated their jobs and they wanted to find new jobs And they just realize, hey, this job isn't worth me beating myself up over and having no personal time and your family time is suffering over it. So it's kind of that realization. Khan also said, I thought there must be more people out there who felt the same way, going above and beyond for a company that won't remember the effort you put in a few years down the line. But what you will remember is the sleepless nights that you had. And why can't we shift that focus to prioritizing your life and your hobbies and nurturing more of those things that matter? Oh, and by the way, this article that I'm referencing today is on workalike.news. I'll link it in the description along with anything else I reference. But I do think that's a good point, though. These companies won't remember our names. No matter how much we want to think that we have this huge impact, These companies will soldier on without us, replacing us as they need to replace us. Sure, it may be a bump in the road for them, but they'll have to hire and train another employee, but that's just standard operating procedure for any large company, isn't it? And so what is your priority as an employee? To enjoy your job, to some extent, to live and to work and be able to have a life outside of work, whether that's for family or hobbies or whatever, and to make money, of course, right? And then what's the employer's priority? To make money, to run a company as efficiently as possible. But I think another goal that they should have is to have happy employees, or at least content employees, and also try to retain employees. All that stuff kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? I found some other opinions in another article, people that have actually been doing this since I have no dog in this fight, since I am technically unemployed, so... But 41-year-old Clayton Ferris said he realized he had already been quiet quitting by refusing to let work stress dominate his life. He said the interesting part was that nothing had changed. He still worked as hard as he did. He got just as much accomplished, and he just didn't let that stress tear him apart, he said. Another person, 24-year-old Paige, said she was overwhelmed by her job as a transportation analyst, and she couldn't sleep, and her hair started falling out. She was all stressed out, so while she searched for a new job, she stopped working the overtime, she stopped signing up for extra training, and she even stopped socializing with coworkers to try to limit that stress level on herself. So you may be saying kind of the same thing that I was saying, that okay, maybe this generation, even my own, because I'm a millennial technically, granted an older one, but I am one, that maybe they're just lazy and they don't want to work they just want to do that bare minimum that they need their safe space. They, they get outside their comfort zone and their bubble and they don't like it or they don't handle authority well or they can't handle the real world or whatever it may be. So they do this whole quiet quitting thing. Well, according to Josh Biddinger, this market research director, he said that some people assume that the phrase quiet quitting encourages what I just said, laziness. But the actual goal in quiet quitting is for workers to mitigate burnout. Plus, after talking with my wife about this, who's actually dealt with this, it's, it's a real deal. Employers' or supervisors' expectations become so high that employees are expected to just do so much above and beyond their initial hired role, and they get burned out. She got burned out. She got sick of her job. Actually, according to a Gallup survey, U.S. employee engagement is falling across all generations, but worker engagement is the lowest in Gen Z and the younger millennial workers. Kind of an interesting little tip there. I'll link that in the description, too. And it's easy for this to kind of happen, to slowly gain more and more responsibility, especially when what you do, you do well. You're great at your job. You can handle the extra stress. Then comes more tasks, more work, more stress. And more power at times, too. I think some people like the challenge, like the responsibility, or the title even. Or knowing that they have something or they're doing something that others are not doing. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel needed. But it also comes with that being overworked or becoming burned out or getting your stress levels up, becoming unhappy. That lack of family time or free time. And then all of a sudden your give a damn is broken and you begin to get into that quiet quit mindset. Now, Kathy, a co-founder of HR consultancy Lace Partners, said there are a lot of challenges businesses are facing and they may find it actually easier to take the productivity hit and retain someone operating at minimum levels than have job vacancies. She also said employees that do this likely won't be rewarded either. While they may feel doing this helps them achieve a better work-life balance in the short term by not doing the extra mile at work or going the extra mile at work, it's likely that they will be impacted by lower performance-related incentives and reduced opportunities. But Kathy, come on, maybe that's the whole point here that you're not understanding. They want a better work-life balance. They don't care about incentives at work any longer because if they cared about their incentives at work, they wouldn't be quite quitting. Their engagement's down, Kathy. They just don't care anymore. So, what could this mean for an employee that doesn't go the distance, that only does the minimum? I imagine they would be at a higher risk for being laid off or losing their jobs, especially if there was a workforce reduction, not hitting those performance reviews, those checkpoints, not getting those raises and promotions. Which is fine if you're not invested in the company you're working for, Kathy, which actually I think a lot of people in these younger generations aren't. They are not invested in the company. The job market's kind of hot right now too and maybe people know that they can go grab another job pretty easily. So why put up with being overworked and pushed hard and essentially forced or expected to do things that you are not hired to do when you don't necessarily have to. Or maybe you just start a job and you realize, wow, this shit is super ridiculous and I don't like it. And they're adding a bunch of stuff onto you and you go do that minimum and then you go look for another job. Also with contract employees, I think it makes it a bit easier for you to just go in and do what's outlined in your job description and nothing more. With these short-term contract jobs, people are able to just go in and do their job or their duty for their contract, and then they move on to the next contract or the next company. Like, So it's very easy to be like, this is my window, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it for nine months, I'm doing it for 12 months, and then I'm out. Also, I don't think there's much company loyalty anymore. Like there was years ago, I feel like that was a real big thing. You sticking with a company, longevity, you know, you're staying with a company for many, many years. I don't think that's that's a thing anymore. You have to work and bounce around from company to company quite a bit bumping up your pay your title all that stuff to keep progressing in your career because company longevity doesn't equate to advancement I don't think I think the days of sticking to just one company or working years and years with one company are just becoming fewer and fewer and I've talked to a few people about this who've tried getting raises and promotions more than just the cost of living adjustment, and they end up having to actually leave the company altogether to get them, only to come back to that original company later after they have gained those nice raises and promotions elsewhere. And it's just kind of crazy to me that employers do this, essentially losing great talent, only to hire them back at a higher status and a higher pay rate, that they wanted in the first place. It just doesn't really make any sense. And I know we can all kind of relate with this concept in our own jobs. I know we've probably all had some sort of memory of this, that going above and beyond our initial duties being pushed in a sense, or overwhelmed with work. I vividly remember my wife actually going through this with a company, working and creating documents and content for this company. And then they add on this special project and then they add on this other bit of workload to her. Or send other employees to her for her to figure out or tell them what to do or whatever. And then she's essentially doing the job of more than just herself. She's doing the job of two employees. And then COVID came and then we think, oh, all right, the work-life balance is going to get better. You're not going to have to go into the office. You're going to be at home more. So we thought it was going to level out. Well, not so much. Instead of commuting daily... Now she's waking up to piles of emails and phone calls and constant conference calls and Zoom calls and all that stuff all the time. And I think I've talked about this before where she would be so busy that I would actually bring her lunch to her desk because she didn't have time to take a break. It, it got crazy. She, she got burned out. She no longer liked her job. But did she quite quit? No, she did not quite quit. She still went above and beyond in this role until she found a new job that fit around what she wanted her lifestyle to be. And I've experienced this stuff as well, just maybe not to that level. I was asked to do more, to stay late, to pick up slack. And being in blue-collar work, it seems to be a little bit different. And for me, being a mechanic and working on trucks and stuff, it's more of a, here are four jobs, four tangible things, say, to get done for the day. And I go and do my best to get them done. And if I don't get them done, I still have to answer to my boss or answer to a customer or client, which sometimes is not fun still. But I rarely had multiple emails to respond to or a bunch of other duties to take care of in the company because as a mechanic, our skills are a lot different than other aspects of the business. So a lot of times other entities don't even know what in the hell we're doing anyways out in the shop. I mean, when I worked in fleet maintenance, we could be working in the shop and then explain what we were doing to some of the managers that would come out, and they would be so confused and have no idea what we were talking about. They would literally just wander away and say, okay, just get, get your job done, do what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it happens in my line of work, but it's quite a bit different than how it happens with my wife. This actually just sparked a memory. But when I was working with this diesel shop quite a few years ago, I remember getting ready to be done with work. End of the day, I was in the middle of a job, but I thought the job was staying over, staying the night. So I wasn't in a huge hurry to get it done. And I was planning to head out of work and go out to dinner and a movie with my wife. Well, as I'm cleaning up and putting my stuff away, the boss comes out and he says, Hey, what are you doing? The truck's not done. And I said, Yeah, it's quitting time. It's five o'clock. I'm getting ready to go. And he's like, no, we gotta get this job done. We gotta, we gotta get this out. This guy's waiting. Blah blah blah. Sparks this huge argument about having to stay late and get jobs done and prioritize and all this stuff. So, anyways, I ended up staying late. I don't know, an extra hour and a half or so. Rushed the job, got it done, which I don't like doing because typically rushing jobs equates to not quality work. But you do what you gotta do, I guess, in the situation. So. Got an argument, got the job done, showed up late for dinner. Another time I remember working in the same shop and we had a, a busy day. Three of us mechanics worked really, really well together, worked really hard. We got about ten jobs done. All from small maintenance to big jobs like injectors and turbos and stuff. And we were very proud of ourselves. You know, this is a small shop and we got all these trucks done and it was it was a it was a big feat. We were we were pretty proud that we did all that. We were very accomplished. And uh, the owner comes in at the end of the day, snaps a few pictures for his social media, you know, to uh, show how busy everything is. And then we tell him about all these trucks we got done. Yeah, we got all these trucks done. We're excited. Then he turns and goes, well, why isn't that truck done over there? And why isn't that truck done over there? So we knock out 10 jobs, but he's not happy because we didn't get 11 jobs done or we didn't get 12 jobs done. That we didn't go that extra mile or work that hard to get those other jobs done which we thought we worked really hard and got a lot done but he wasn't happy and it really kind of knocks you down and makes you reevaluate why you work so hard and go that extra mile and I really enjoyed that job and I really enjoyed that line of work but that was really the beginning of the end for me and I actually found a new job not too long after that I believe so just kind of goes to show you just move on But I do always try to put my best foot forward and do the best work that I know how to do. Sometimes I think people, including myself, tend to work better when they're under a little bit of stress, a little bit of pressure. Maybe that's not necessarily the best thing, but I don't know, I kind of enjoyed that a little bit, maybe secretly, I don't know. These large corporations though, and small ones too, need to realize that. Their new workforce has a much different opinion from what the old generation, the boomers and the Gen Xers thought, and even what what I think, some millennials think too, of saying yes to everything and constantly going above and beyond your written duties. This new generation of workers are not willing to sacrifice their lives for a company anymore. Does that kind of sound a little too strong? Kind of does, doesn't it? Sacrifice their life. Anyways. But they aren't going to give that 150% so they can have that better work-life balance and avoid getting burned out of their jobs. And another thing that I think allows for this excessive work to kind of happen in today's age is everyone is available. All the time, everyone's available. Cell phones and internet and Wi-Fi. Anywhere and everywhere you want it, you've got it. There's no boundary anymore. That work boundary is kind of blurred in a certain aspect. My wife, you know, back to my wife again, her hearing her computer ping an email at 8 p.m. And, of course, she goes and checks it because we're just sitting on the couch. And all of a sudden, now she has some shit that she needs to get done for some a.m. meeting the next day. It's just, you know, kind of crazy like that. Had that been in an office type of situation or she didn't have access to her work email, she wouldn't have had that. She wouldn't have gotten that. And... She would have dealt with it the next day. So it's just kind of, you know, everyone's accessible now. And it's much harder for people to shut that work brain off and not get burned out almost. So to just kind of wrap this up, should you quiet quit? Well, no and yes, which I know is not very convincing one way or the other. But I've always had the mentality myself of the, the OG millennial, the boomer almost, that that working hard pays off. I still have that mentality. That's just kind of my work ethic. If I have work in front of me that needs to be done, I like to do it. I like to get it taken care of. And like I said, in my line of work, in shops and fixing stuff is a lot different than say working at some design or marketing firm where you're dealing with a lot of different components of a company and a lot of different people. But yes, doing only what you are hired to do that's your job. There should be no expectation for you to go that extra mile or go beyond that. You weren't hired to do any more than that, right? I find it kind of interesting that in these couple of articles I referenced that they mentioned doing the minimum like it's a bad thing, that only doing your job's duties isn't enough, which I think is kind of ridiculous. It's like, let's not label my job's duties as the minimum. They're, they're my job's duties. Like, um, hello, I'm doing what you hired me to do. And if a company or superior started asking you to do more and you don't want to do it, maybe you already did take on a bunch of extra duties and you're starting to get that burnout, then maybe it's time to have that tough conversation and talk to them. Or finally, maybe just find a new employer. But also, on the flip side of that, if you want to move up in a career ladder type of fashion and learn new things and stay with a, a company, then you may have to take on some of that extra responsibility. And if you still do all that and you still get shit on, then it's time to bail. And I know we all want to make great money and have amazing careers and titles and all that stuff, but at what cost? What will your... I like to kind of say this. I've talked about this with my wife and maybe some friends. What will your headstone say when you're dead and gone? Will it say, quote, always went the extra mile at work and took all the overtime? Or is it going to say, quote, great husband, great father, always there, family man, whatever. And I know that's quite a contrast there, but I don't know. Just do what makes you happy. Being an unhappy employee isn't a good thing. I've been an unhappy employee. I've been around unhappy employees and it's it's not a good mindset to be in. And I know that's easy for me to say as I'm sitting here in my house watching my kids every day with no job. My job is to watch my kids. So maybe my opinion doesn't matter, but I'm still going to give it. All right. That's all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Yes, if you were thinking it, you are correct. I am no psychologist, or professional, or even well-versed in this topic. Maybe I shouldn't even be talking about it, but I thought it was interesting to dig into this quiet quitting trend and talk about the state of employment here lately. I know not much for unsolicited advice, like I usually give, but I don't know. Interesting topic. It's all about that work-life balance. But hey, if you want to send me a message, please do so over on my social media or on podbean.com let me know your thoughts on this topic maybe I missed the point or maybe my opinions are way off so please shoot me a message and let me know also if you would please share this show with a friend or someone that you think may need to hear it or would enjoy listening to me complain Um, I would appreciate that as well and like always you can find this podcast on apple podcast google podcast amazon music as well as spotify and there you go I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.